0: ask that you would be here today with us your presence, which is the soul presence, and, prayer, and that your people would have freedom to worship and to try, a uh, love to love We are still made by you, especially Resurrection, the of your power to Your people, all, to so that we the Therefore, there is no
1: that Lord um if anyone is in Christ that we are in creation that the old has passed and the new has come. Um, I just declare Father Lord that, that newness this morning I, I pray Father Lord that um, all of us Father God, who are who know who have a relationship with Father Lord help us to really really kind of manifest our new life but also I declare Father God, Easter fellow this that we are joined by two uh, congregations and community in the body of Jesus Christ. And Father that I just uh, pray and bless Father God a continual partnership and as we minister on uh, in the city of London. Father, we anticipate your spirit. We anticipate Father. The bathrooms, the uh, other one, like some baths, all the pastures and stuff, and then uh men are downstairs in the- Are you granted? Test, test. We changed the purple battery. Test, test, test.
2: Purple and pink.
1: Ready? We changed the purple and the pink.
2: Can you turn the, the the pink one on?
3: Check, 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 check,
2: check, 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 check. This is pink. Okay, let's get Thanks. When did that happen? Yes, sir. We're all looking at the same person here. We? <laughs> <laughs> we all look hard at it.
0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Happy to see all of you here today. Welcome. Uh, you are not in the wrong place. Uh, this is Christian Layman Church. Welcome all of you who are here today. I am Pastor Stephen Nation of Oakland Worship Center and we will be joining you in service today. So welcome. Uh, Christian Layman Church and Oakland Worship Center, we're happy to be joining this service here with you today, which is what this Resurrection Sunday is all about. Bible Jesus' prayer was that we might be one. Amen, church? Amen. 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 So, as we get started on this Resurrection Sunday, this is a day of celebration. Traditional greeting is, uh, He is risen. And then the other person says, he is risen indeed. Let's get that to practice right quick. He is risen.
1: He is is risen indeed.
0: Wow, you guys are really good. You guys are really good. So here's what we're going to do right now. This is a day of celebration. So I want everyone to stand to your feet. You're like, oh, wow, he's already changing everything. Yeah, that's right. Come on. Stand (laughs) to your feet. And I want you to go. I know it's COVID. So just give somebody a high five or a fist bump. Two people. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Go ahead and grab two people right now. High five or a fist bump. Go ahead. There you go. both Those of you who are online, we're happy to have you today. And you're going to do that with me online. If you have somebody at your house there, then do that with them. If not, I got you, right? He is risen. High five those folks at home watching. there, right. Pajama Church, we love you guys as well. We have a great uh, 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 opportunity today. Uh, Our worship leader, Demetrius, is here with us today. And he's joining with uh, Pastor Caitlin and the CLC band here. Did I just elevate her right? Bishop Caitlin <laughs> and the CLC band here this morning, as we get ready to just worship the Lord in song as well this morning, we can uh, 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 celebrate our savior this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we bless you. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. There's none like you. Uh, we just bless your name this morning, Lord, as we come to celebration, uh, this celebration, uh, this, uh, resurrection Sunday to celebrate our savior, Lord, Lord we just lift you up. May your presence be here with us this morning. May our praise be a sweet-smelling savor to your ear this morning, Father. And we lift and adore you, and we want to make that evident and known today. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we all pray. that all God's people one more time say, Amen! Here we go.
3: Thank you, Pastor Steve. All right, everyone, we are going to... Make this place very, very loud. All right. There's going to be a lot of energy. So just shake it out. Stretch a little bit. Get out. No.
0: Yeah. Make sure you got room. All right. (laughs) right. Okay. Let's go.
1: One, two.
3: One, two, three. And. All right. I told you. And ponder about Easter. I know there's a lot of joy, there's a lot of celebration, there's a lot of reason to sing and jump and worship and dance. Um, But as I think about the cross and I think about what Christ has done for us, the fact that because God gave His one and only Son, we can have eternal life through Him. Because of Him, we go through our days with hope because He has defeated everything. We walk through our struggles and our circumstances um, with peace and comfort, knowing that the God of the universe is Lord over all things. And so in response to that, we come to him in prayer and we say, Lord, because of what you have done, you take my life. We want to give you our lives as a living sacrifice and a living testimony of what you have done. Would you be glorified? Would you be lifted high? And so as we sing this song, let's make it a prayer for both of our churches this morning. God, would you take my life and falling on my knees, falling. you that you loved us so much that you went to the cross and you died but today we celebrate the fact that you did not stay dead That three days later you rose from the grave victoriously and now you lead us into marvelous light of new hope and new life and peace in you lord we thank you this morning that we can remember that and celebrate and worship as two congregations as two bodies of christ in one place bringing glory to your name We pray that as we continue to uh, dive into your word and worship together and learn from it, Lord, uh, we pray that your presence would be so deeply and so clearly here with us and that you would receive the glory. We love you so much. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May all be seated.
2: Can we give another hand to our worship team this morning? Good morning, church. Happy Easter to you all. Uh, my name is Denny. I am a young adult here at Christian Layman Church and resident whisperer. Um, this is, simply put, the end of Game Seven of the NBA Finals. This is our Super Bowl. This is Easter Sunday. And I am so glad to see all of you here um, and all your smiling faces, especially Ethan. I saw the smiley face mask. Good to see you this morning as well, buddy. Um, you know, simply put, we are just so happy to have um, our brothers and sisters from Oakland Worship Center here with us this morning. Um, Oakland Worship Center, can I, can I hear where you guys are at? Christian Layman Church, where are you guys at? Now, there is an authentic Italian bistro that, you know, tends to have this saying, when you're here, you're family. Thank you, Olive Garden. And so this morning, that definitely rings true. And we are just so glad to see you all here. Uh, we'd love to get you plugged in here with Christian Layman Church and with Oakland Worship Center. For more information about Oakland Worship Center, simply reach out to or oaklandworshipcenter.org uh, or email owc.church at gmail.com. Almost slipped there. Uh, and for more information about Christian Layman Church, uh, definitely reach us at www.christianlayman.org forward slash contact or email us at info at Now, with uh, Easter Sunday as it is Resurrection Sunday, uh, Caitlin started this earlier during the worship set. Um, So, for those of you out there, whether through the live stream, here in person, friends and family, new faces, there is this one saying where uh, I say, He is risen, and everyone else responds, He is risen indeed. So, let's give it a little juice. He is risen. He is risen indeed. All right, we could do a little better than that. He is risen. At a Peppa Pig. And with that, uh, we're just so glad that you're all here. We're really excited uh, to be able to hear the sermon this morning and to just really bring the energy. And with that, I'd like to invite up uh, the resident outdoorsman and LA superfan. Oh, not yet. Hello, Steven. Uh, oh, also, the kids will be uh, released to the fellowship hall. Um, And then I would like to invite up our resident outdoorsman and LA superfan, Pastor Ben.
4: Thank you, you. you, Danny. Uh, We really, really missed you last week. Uh, uh, No, no, no. um, Oh, he's back there. he, he, He didn't listen. Anyways, hey, happy um happy Sunday and happy Resurrection Day uh church. Uh, I am so excited uh to be with all of you. You know, um this morning as I was getting um ready for church, uh, today right after our service, uh, we're going to actually take group photo, right? And we are telling everybody and all the pastoral staff we're supposed to get dressed, right? And so I I got dressed. Uh, I got dressed in my kind of suit for the first time in two and a half years, right? Now, I've been going to church. Now, those of you guys who are Korean Americans out there, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like, we have to go to church like this every single Sunday. For 36 36 years, I've been going to church just like this. But this morning, I, I felt so uncomfortable. It was so weird. Like, I was telling my wife, I, you know what, it, it was so hard for me to get in my suit, maybe because I kind of gained a pound, right? So, those of you guys who can't see me, uh, I actually cheated. So, uh, I, I I put on my suit and my dress pants, but if you take a look at my shoes, I, I'm wearing sneakers. So, I, I kind of I cheated. So, uh, anyways. Hey, you know what, guys? I am so excited because... Oakland Worship Center is in the house. Can I get a, can I get a, yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go, let's go. And I am more excited. I am even more excited because, man, I have never seen this place packed up like this i i seriously you know all those people who are works, uh, worshiping at the uh, the the campuses here at the church office I, I am so excited that we could all worship together as one body and one family of god you know the other day my home group found out that my favorite tv sitcom is i love lucy That 50 show, right? 50 show. Some of you guys like, what is he talking about? Okay. I love Lucy. It's a 50 show, right? 50 show. They found out, my home group found out that, you know, that was my favorite TV sitcom. They're like, yeah, whoa. Like, what is that? You know, kind of thing. Well, you know what? This morning, I have another secret that I want to share. And the secret is Easter is my favorite day of the year. Because if he wasn't for Easter, all the stuff that we believe has no value. And all those people who have been martyred uh, for the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, last year, uh, one of my best friend I lost, who was a missionary in, in India, he lost, I lost him because of COVID. And all those people who have been martyred for the name of Jesus, they would all have died for nothing and placed their hope or place their faith in a false hope. Now today I want to start off a little differently. I'm going to throw out some events that have occurred in history and I want you to think about what what comes to your mind. Okay. I'm going to throw out some event and dates and I want you to see what comes to mind. Northridge earthquake of 1994. Now, some of you guys weren't even born, right? Uh, 9-11. Hurricane Katrina. Tsunami of 2011. Or for that matter, COVID-19. What came to your mind? For me, these are all catastrophes. And after any kind of catastrophic events, people began to ask the question: So, what's next? I remember when I was 13 years old, I went through a very severe accident where I was—I was—I was like our car did like one of those 13 times twirled. And I was in the back without any seatbelt. I was going up and down. right? My mom was thrown out of the car. And my, my dad uh, hit his chest uh, on the steering wheel. And I remember um, after the incident, um, I, I remember that my, broke, uh, my dad broke several bones in his body. And I remember asking the question, is my dad going to be able to walk again? Or, or maybe when a disease strikes someone, we ask the question, so is that person, is he or she going to be able to be cured? Or when someone that we love dies and people have asked the question, so what's next? Are, are they in heaven or are they somewhere else? Now, all of us who are in this room, you've all asked this question, so what's next? Once or twice in your lifetime, haven't we? About 2,000 years ago, there was a catastrophic event that took place outside the city walls of Jerusalem. Jesus Christ, who many believed to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was crucified on a cross. And his disciples who followed him for three and a half years. They all scattered. They hid themselves behind a locked door as they began to ask the question, what's next? What is going to happen to us? So if you read in John chapter 20, verse 19, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled, they fear for the Jews. Now, the Bible also tells us that even in the enemies of Jesus were asking the same question what's next? Because after all, they had asked for a special guard to be placed over the tomb of Jesus, making sure that nobody would steal his body. And even for those who were close to Jesus, those who have eyewitnessed his death, they began to worry. As they have asked the question, so what is going to happen to his kingdom? But today on resurrected Sunday, we all know the answer to this question, don't we? So in Jerusalem, thousands of people will be flooding to the streets in few months claiming to know Jesus. Saul of Tarsus will be converted to Paul the Apostle. And the gospel of Jesus Christ will be spreading to the north, to the east. And by the end of the first century, Christianity will have spread throughout the whole Roman Empire. Not only that, but by the end of the 14th century, 4th century, Christianity will have become the official religion. Of the entire Roman empire, that's what's next. That one perplexed question that the early Christians began to ask, all of us who are sitting in this room, we all know what had happened. We also know what was in store for the disciples. The disciples were together with Jesus for the final meal. They're also called so-called the a last supper, right? But in a few hours, Jesus would be arrested. Jesus would go through not only one trial, but six different trials. And even though the religious leaders could not find anything wrong with Jesus, they would still sentence Jesus to die on a cross. And that's what happened. And we all know the Easter story because it took place some 2,000 years ago. Uh, Something very interesting and funny happened uh, on Friday. Those of you guys who came out to our our church office and and going through the stations of the class. uh, One couple came out. You know, that was so exciting, Pastor Ben. Uh, that, that, that paper, that as we put it inside the water, as we swirled it up, it disappeared. Uh, and you know, some of the people are saying, you know what, that nailing of the cross, it really, really reminded of Jesus. And so I asked this one, you know, family, hey, did you see the empty tomb? And they go, yeah, I saw the empty tomb. But did you see Jesus inside the empty tomb? You go, what? So they went back again. They went back to see if there was actually Jesus. And so as they were going back to the station, I believe that was the last station, right? Station seven. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the spirit kind of stirred in my heart. You know what? They actually believed, right? They actually, he believed, right? That family believed that there was actually Jesus in the tomb and that Jesus is no more in the tomb, right? And all of us in the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and says, "You know what? We really believe this religion called Christianity, right? We really believe that this is the religion, right? This is the 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 the, the reason why, or 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 that you know what? <laughs> I myself and some of the pastors are a really really good con artist." Now, think about this seriously. Having been gone through 2,000 years, we know what Easter is about. That Easter, right? Easter is the very reason why we believe the way we believe. And, And that this is the reason why, as Caitlin said, that we want to give our lives over to Jesus. So, this is what happened. But do you know who else knew what was hap- what was going to happen on Easter? Or his story, right? Do you know who else knew? Jesus, yeah. And Jesus always knows what was going to happen next. You know, he knew that those who cried out, Hosanna, 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 one week before his crucifixion would turn to what? Crucify, crucify, crucify. Jesus also knew that Judas was going to betray him for how many pieces of silver? 30 pieces of silver. He knew that Peter was going to deny him not only once, but three times. And that he knew that all of his disciples was going to scatter throughout the land. That Jesus, who is our shepherd, who is our vine, son of the living God, our high priest, the great physician. And last week was our most high King knew all of these events even before it happened. But most of all, but most of all, he knew that he would die and resurrect. And through his resurrection, his disciples were going to receive something. And that something is living hope, which is anger in the past. That he rose from the dead. And that still continues today to the present time because Jesus is right here. And it endures throughout the future because he promises us, eternal resurrected life. And this living hope is presented to anyone who will have Jesus as their personal Lord and savior. And so in today's passage in John chapter 16, I'm going to read from 16 to 20. Jesus went to say in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me at this. Some of the disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going to the father, they keep asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. What is he saying? Now, before I go any further, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice that the disciples were asking these kind of questions. What's next? I don't get it, Jesus. You know, I kind of glad that the disciples didn't get it. That the disciples didn't understand what was going to happen next. You know, from time to time, I'm glad that even the closest and the most intimate followers of Jesus Christ stood around, scratching their heads, going, what? What What did he just say? What did he mean by that? They began to ask, what are you talking about, Jesus? Because sometimes I don't get it either. Sometimes as I walk in my Christian journey, sometimes I don't get it. I mean, don't we all have one of these moments? Jesus, I know you're here. You are, you are here right next to me. I know you're inside of me. But I just can't feel you. We've all had one of those moments. How could you let this happen in my life? We all have had those moments where I just don't get this thing called Christianity. And so if you read in verse 16, and so as Jesus began to share pretty soon, you're not going to see me. He's talking about his death. And then you're going to see me again. He's referring to his resurrection. And as Jesus said, in a little while, you will see me no more. And after a little while, you'll see me. But the disciples didn't get it. You see, Jesus predicts that something was going to happen that was going to take the disciples' hopes away. And then he would reignite that hope back into their lives. But the disciples were puzzled. As Jesus was telling them, I'm about to break all chains of darkness, free all of you from your guilt and shame, and I'm going to give you this living hope by dying and being resurrected. But the disciples couldn't figure out what was next. You know, sometimes in our Christian walk, we go through an entrenchment of hopelessness, don't we? As you start to doubt whether or not anyone actually cares. And you start to dig deeper and deeper into your sorrows and perplexity as you feel that you are invisible. And that you're all alone. You feel like you're placed in an untouched, an unknown island, as you you try to stay afloat. And because you have lost this thing called hope, sometimes we begin to walk away slowly from our faith. And I think this is what Peter meant. In first Peter chapter of verse one, uh, chapter one, verse three, where he says, praise be to God and the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, in his great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, I I want you to think about Peter's life or any of the disciples life for that matter before meeting Jesus. Now, they were just your average fishermen from Galilee. Their days were pretty much like any other days. They would get up in the morning. They would go to work. What was their work? Fishing. They came home, ate, slept, repeated. This kind of life, day after day, on and on. Next day, they would get up again, went fishing, fishing. It was their routine. Life was very peaceful, yes, but sort of mundane. Now, last week, uh, I was ushering with um, Warren, and I I told Warren, Warren, um, I'm going to say something that might offend you, so you know what? Be careful, okay? Beware. Now, those of you guys who are avid fishermen in the room, you might be going saying, Fishing every day, Pastor Ben. Man, that's not boring. That's heaven, man. You don't know what you're missing. Yes. But when you'd start to do that every single day for 365 days a year, in my opinion, anything could get boring. In fact, I bet Peter came home sometime at night and wondered, Is there all there is to life? Just working, making a living, coming home and going through this ritualistic kind every day. But then one day, a man named Jesus stepped into their life and changed everything and turned their life upside down. And the man named Jesus said, Come, Peter. Come, James. Come, John. I I want you to follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. And suddenly, they were filled with anticipation and hope. So that they followed Jesus for three and a half years. And they were going through this radical life. And Neville. Never a dull moment. And, and so Peter was kind of attributing that, is that in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But after three and a half years, something tragic happened, don't we? The man that they had put all their hopes, he had died was crucified, was killed on a cross. And on that day, their hopes had died with him. The end. Okay, that's good. You could all go home now. Now, wouldn't it be tragic if the story ends like this? The end, he dies. Seriously, you know what? Have you guys ever thought about your belief? The Easter story that, as we claim to know, I mean, that's it. The end, he died. He was just a good teacher. He was just a good good prophet. End of the story. But the story doesn't end like that. Even though they have all scattered, they've hid behind closed doors, gone their separate ways. Now, some of them are on a road to Emmaus. They were wondering, what's next? And then Jesus comes up. Jesus comes up to them and says, hey guys, what are you guys talking about? And why do you guys look so sad? Now, To Jesus' reply, well, you see, we we were following this guy named Jesus and we had all our hopes in him. We really thought that he would be the one, but now he's dead. Now, I I want you to listen. In in Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 19, I'm going to read a little insert. As people cons- uh conversate on the road to Emmaus and now behold, two of them were traveling the same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they began to talk together all these things which had happened. So it was while they were conversing reason that Jesus himself drew near went to them, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know who he was. And he said to them, what kind of a conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk why are you so sad? Then one of the men, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said, are, are, "Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which had happened there these days?" And he said to them, "What things?" In verse twenty-one, we were hoping that he would be the one going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all these, today is a third day since this thing happened. If you guys ever go back and reread Luke chapter 24, I want you to listen to the language because it is in the past tense. They once had hope in him, but now their hope are gone. Their words, man, we should have relied on something better, better hope. One that enabled us to overcome the conviction of despair. But while they were sitting or, or standing and walking, while they were in the state of despair, Jesus shows himself alive to them and to other disciples. You see, this Emmaus road narrative points back not only to them, to the disciples, to all of us, this thing called living hope. And Jesus walks unrecognized. He listens to their despondency and helps them to understand the patient work of redemption and offers them his body, his broken body. You see, his actual presence it was a very special gift. Infusing in their hearts and abiding and reliving this hope back into them. It, it was a hope that moved away from the space of sorrow and brokenness. Now, if you read the story, when they realize, when they receive this news, When their hopes were reignited, they couldn't wait to go back to Jerusalem to speak of joyful news to the dead in heart. You know, in John chapter 16, the verse that I just read to you, all the way to the 19, but I left out verse 20 on purpose. You you know, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was going to have three bullet points. Usually that's what pastors have three bullet points, right? I was going to have living hope. I was going to have joy. I was going to have peace. And I wrote it, right? I wrote it like maybe a couple of months ago. I had 29 pages and I said, no, this is too much. So, okay, I'm going to cut one. I'm going to cut peace. Okay. So I'm just going to talk about living hope and I'm going to talk about joy. Right. Then I got to like 20 pages, right? Okay, this is too much, right? It's a celebration. I don't think our congregation or even Oakland Worship Center is going to be enjoying like twenty, like twenty pages. You know, it's going to take me about forty-five to fifty minutes. I don't think it's, it's going to be a celebration. So I said, I'm going to kill the joy part. But you know what? <laughs> I know, I know, I know, right, right. But you know what? Seriously. The other day, my daughter comes in and and she had this serious look on her face and says, huh, dad, you know, we're Christians, right? Go, yeah, but why is it that we don't have any joy? And honestly, as a dad or even a pastor, father, right, I just could not give her a really good. And I could give her like the biblical answers, right? But when she asked me, how come Christians really don't have this joy? And so these disciples, when they heard about the resurrection, the other benefit that received was this joy because in John chapter 16, verse 20 says, after he had said this, he showed them his hands inside and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. You know, this morning, as I was listening and I was worshiping, and I remember walking through the front door and I heard the drums, and I got so excited. M- my heart began to kind of flutter with excitement. And as I listened to, man, how many people do we have? Like what? Like a dozen? Man, it feels a little different. Now, why a living hope? Why? Because it means that all the promises Jesus has ever made were now true. Anything's possible if the one who said he's going to die and rise again had actually died and rose again. That means that all the promises Jesus ever made are possible and true. That is why we call it the living hope. Do you remember when Jesus says that I am the resurrection and life and whoever believes in me that one shall never die. Now, when they heard that the disciples it they didn't make sense at all. It really doesn't make sense at all. If a guy just says, you know, what? I'm going to live and die. But the guy who said it, who lived and he died, but that wasn't the end of the story. That he lived and died and he rose again from the dead. And now, that promise makes sense. That I am the resurrection, and whoever believes in me shall never die. Or, do you remember the other time when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to the father except through me. You see, every promise that Jesus made about the eternal life now makes sense because he had died and he just didn't stay dead. But that he had died and rose again. So as that family went back to the empty tomb, figure out if Jesus was there, I realized we actually believe in a belief that is true. You see, living hope enables us to live a life above the life of despair and death. There is a divine companion with us every single day. A steady hand that walks with us during difficult times of our lives. Because Jesus promised that he will never leave us or forsake us. And while we were encountering or suffering trials, God says, I am here. I am holding your hands. Even the outer person. If the outer person of our lives is being utterly destroyed by certain circumstances that we may not understand. Our inner person is being renewed day by day with Jesus. Because he is our living hope. Those of you guys who are not new. You guys know that my mom has or had a colon cancer. And when I heard that news, I mean, it really rocked our family. And two and a half weeks ago, my mom had to be rushed to the ER because something was causing a, a back pain, tremendous back pain. And we found it was an abscess that was growing inside the area where she had the surgery. And we thought just draining it or even I know it's, it's her second time draining the abscess. And I remember um, the doctor telling me that because she's diabetic and she's anemic, it's going to take a long time for her to heal. And I remember and said, no, Lord. um, Like, why? Like, why is she a diabetic? Why is she anemic? And so it was last Sunday as they were doing some blood tests the doctors came to my brother and says, you know, there's something wrong with your mom. You know, her blood count. It's really, really low. And this only occurs uh, in a, in a patient of leukemia. As I was about to go out to the college um, game night, when I heard that news, me and my family, we, we, you know, we we went into prayer. This week on Monday, four o'clock, I remember, we're exactly where I was when I had received the news that my mom had leukemia. And uh, from Monday through Thursday, and my prayer partner knows exactly what I went through because I was telling him exactly on Thursday night as we were praying. And, and I was going through these emotional ups and downs and I was telling him all the stuff. As I was talking to John, my prayer partner, all of a sudden God remade, uh, made me remind myself to a personal letter that I wrote to my best friend two months ago because he had lost his father after a long battle of cancer and other difficulties. I remember that I had written a very long personal letter because he's my, one of my best friend. And I I remember like writing all these things, like, you know, reminiscing about our childhood and and going to their house. And the dad always kind of said, Hey, is there joy in your, and I remember, you know, him, his dad always, you know, being, you know, really, really gregarious and, Really? You know what? And I remember telling my best friend, it says, Joe, I know that we're going to miss. I know you're going to miss your dad, but there is one promise that I am. So I am guaranteeing that in Christ, there is this living hope that one day you and I are going to meet your father. And we're going to be, we're going to be joyful. As I was going through that moment of my own personal ups and downs, which I didn't understand. All of a sudden, God reminded me of that living hope, which is in Christ Jesus. So in this momentary light of affliction, is producing in me and all of us an absolutely incomparable, eternal weight of God's glory. As we start to focus, not what is seen in front of us, but what is unseen. And that's what we call faith. And trust. And that's what living hope gives us in our lives. For the past 30 minutes, you've heard the promise what's next? And this could be your what's next experience this living hope. God's free promise to all those who believe in his son. And this promise is a package deal. You have to take his son, the savior of the world who died and rose again to receive this living hope. You know, C.S. Lewis once wisely wrote As far as we know, it cost God nothing to create nice things. But when he came to rescuing, rescuing rebellious souls, it cost him a crucifixion. Jesus' death on the cross. As far as we know, it cost God nothing to create nice things. But when he came to rescuing rebellious souls, just like you and I, It cost him a crucifixion. Jesus' death on the cross. And you know, when we walk, and when we remain in Jesus, we see his death as a clear sign of the greatest love through his broken body. And we greatly appreciate God who made himself known to us and to the whole world and to those of you guys who do not know Jesus. And that in this sign of his broken body is a sign that resurrection comes from place of darkness and death. His living hope. I have no idea what is going to happen to my mom. We know the Easter story because it happened 2000 years ago, but this story that I'm going through on Easter, I have no, I don't know the answer, but I do know one thing that the living hope, the eternal hope that whether that my mom passes away through this that one day that I will be able to see my mom in heaven because she and I have this living hope and this living hope. It is freely given to anyone who receives Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and savior. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in our walk, in our life, we've all asked the question, what's next? Because it's one of those unknown future. What is going to next? My future with my my job, my spouses, where am I going to live? And, and the list goes on and on and on. And you know what? We never have the answer. But Father God, today, one of the things that you wanted to show to your disciples besides joy and peace. It was this incredible living hope. Father God, sometimes I feel like we have put our hope in something else that is not so eternal. And I pray father Lord that during this Easter Sunday, resurrected Sunday, And if there's anybody who is in this room who did not know you as your personal Lord and Savior, I ask, would you just touch? Would you just go? And I just pray, Father, Lord, that you would just work in their lives. Also, Father, God, for two two years, we've been kind of socially distanced. Lord, we've been worshiping through Zoom and, you know, one of the prayers that I pray for this whole week was that, Lord, would you let all the people of CLC to come back in person? May this Easter Sunday would be a catalyst, a motivation for us to come together as one body of CLC to worship, to be joyful, to fellowship, go on picnics, go on lunches, But Father God, anything that we do, help us to do it together. Because Father Lord, we are. But Lord, for the past two years, some of us kind of, our our faith kind of dwindled. Our, Our faith, Father God, kind of fizzled out. But I just pray, Father Lord, that as just like the disciples, their hopes were gone. And yet, they were once reignited because of Jesus. I ask, Father Lord, that... Our faith, our walk in you will be reignited. I I pray in the name of Jesus, Father Lord, that we don't know where our next venue will be also. But Father God, we have hope in you. And once again, Father God, we do not see the things within the things that we see in front of us. But Father God, we see with faith and trust. And we have that faith and trust in you. Father, I thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
3: Thank you, Pastor Ben, for reminding us of that living hope that we have in Christ. Now, church, we are going to um, have a time of actually response and reflection. And so um, upon entering, you should have received a little piece of paper. Um, And with that, we want to invite you guys to take that piece of paper, write your name on it. You you can write your initials on it. You can write something that maybe... uh, you want to give to God or something that's keeping you from, from God, whatever that is, you don't have to show anyone, but write that. and We're going to invite you to come forward through the aisles and drop the piece of paper in the water. Um, and soon you will see that the, the paper will dissolve and disappear. Um, if you didn't receive one, uh, the ushers are coming down the side and they will pass that to you. Um, but just as a reminder that Christ has died for you. Um, Christ has died so that you can live, um, have a new life, have a living hope, have peace in him. And so as you drop the paper in there, see it as a reminder of this beautiful truth um, that he has bought on your behalf. Oh feel free to make your way up here if you haven't placed your name in the the jar yet. Um, But I'd like to invite you to stand as we close out our service and continue to worship uh, Jesus Christ.
0: Great Resurrection Sunday. We are so happy to share this Sunday with you. Pastor Ben asked the question, what's next? He answered it by telling us this great living hope. And he said, Jesus always knows what's going to happen next. He always knows what's going to happen next. And when he said that, it made me think of this verse. And I want to share this with us as our benediction today. Now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Be glory, dominion, and power forever. In Jesus' name, let all God's people say, amen. Amen. Hey, he is risen. He is risen indeed. God bless you. Enjoy the rest. Oh, we have refreshments and some pictures and stuff afterwards. But enjoy your day today. God bless you.
3: Oh, one more thing. Before you guys all leave, we want to take a big, big group picture of everyone. So if I can invite Frank to the front, you guys stay there. We're going to take the photo from here. That way. Um, Frank is on his way. So everyone up here, just kind of plop your way. And then Frank will be up at the front.
2: Run, Frank. Run.
4: You're not running.
3: Even if you're wearing a mask, smile. You can tell. (laughs) All right. Come on, guys. that too if you guys would like to move closer to the center aisle that that could be helpful as well thank you
1: uh,
2: you can stand in the aisle